Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Trevin Stoltzfus, and we are here in the backcountry, kind of, of Colorado. <laughs> we are in our sheep unit. I am joined by the ever-present Tanner Vernon. Hola. And Eric, Eric, introduce yourself. Um, we'll kind of just jump into this. Uh, you and I both had the bighorn sheep tag for this unit. Um, I don't think there's any reason we can't say what unit. No, S- I don't think there's any secrets in, yeah. in these now. S69. Yep, first, South first season, mm-hmm. archery. The, yep, the August, August. season. Yep. So introduce yourself. Sure, yeah, Eric Kirsch. And uh, yeah, Trevin and I, we, we'd met, I think we decided back in one of the shows in Denver. Um, I've, we've got a mutual friend, uh, Louie, that um, works with AEI and in the Gunnison Basin and uh, helped him with the shows in the past. And Trevin and you know, his crew have been in and out of the shows and kind of knew each other as acquaintances. And we both found out through Louie that we drew this tag, talked about, you know, sharing resources and especially for this kind of tag. And the, the, the key that we'll get into later is I think, you know, eyes on the eyes on the hill, eyes on the canyon and working uh, together, working together. Yeah. yeah so what yeah. did you what was your first thought when you drew this tag? My wife's going to kill me. <laughs> uh, like literally, actually, that was my first funny, funny, quick story there. I, yeah. When she, uh, I text Louie, I think first when I, when it popped up. So I, I was on a call, I was on a zoom call, I think. And I immediately like, you know, turned my screen off. Cause you know, the first thing that happens, right. Is your, your, uh, your credit card gets hit. So on my phone, you know, I see the $352 and I'm like, okay, moose or moose or sheep, right. Which is it, you know? And, uh, you know, they do the sheep and the goat early and I had already done my goat. So I knew I was like pretty sure it's certain it was the it was a sheep so i don't know what call that was but they didn't have any of my attention the rest of that call and i'm sitting there trying to log in online and figure it out if i had it and then sure enough i you know got the email a couple i don't know what it was an hour later or something took a screenshot of that shot it to louie and uh and then i waited a little bit and i I think i texted my wife and i said hey you're not going to believe it or i said i think i said you're going to kill me and i just sent an emoji of like an archery you know like the bow an arrow and the sheep and, and so this is the first year that my wife and my oldest daughter uh, could, could uh, they did their um, hunter safety, you know, and, and so I had jokingly told her that I had put them in for everything that they were capable of getting. And she thought, initially, she told me later, she thought that I was telling her that she drew a sheep tag, not oh, knowing all <laughs> And she was like, I, she was like, I am going to kill you. Uh, but then when I, once I told her it was me, uh, she, she, it actually worked out, I think, in my favor. I think it kind of calmed it down a little bit. But I, I don't know, Trevor, sitting here today, we're at, what, day 20-something that we've been hunting. It's the 30th of August. Uh, you know, we've got tomorrow uh, yet, to, and we'll get, into, we'll get into where we are later, I'm sure. But, you know... I think if my wife really knew what what she was giving up for a month, uh, she may not have let me go as easy as she did. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. If you hear things in the background, it's because we're sitting in a wall tent. The wind is whipping. It's about 174 degrees. We have a generator running. It's running a fan in here. Um, it's pretty much an Indian sweat lodge that yep. we have... Backcountry. Yeah, backcountry. Uh, well, we have charge batteries and all the stuff, so we take these little this little Honda generator. But, yeah, Are you uh, – I believe when I drew my tag – well, let, let me take a step back. Louis Fultz. So I've known Louis for a lot of years, who a friend of yours. And 
the, the crazy thing is, Louis the one that told me to apply for f my the moose unit that I drew. Mm -hmm. And then next year I drew it. Um, and then um, I don't know that I'd talk to Louis. Tanner's the one that had re re knew about this unit and how it's set up and all of the different things. And uh, you know, he he really encouraged me because I've always put in for that big Thompson. Uh, which is right up by the house but it's hard to draw and um but i thought if i drew it i could scout be you know stay at the sleep at my house every night you know that whole nine yards because she i wanted to be able to give it a a full try um you know uh well tanner talked me into putting in for this unit and then the way i found out is i apply for my all my nephews and my daughter I've been applying for them since they were 12, since they, you know, were able to up, start getting preference points. And uh, all of these things come in. And I put, for for moose and sheep, they just, I just get preference points. And so all this is coming in, and I'm looking, and I'm so, so, and I actually had moved on to something else. I said, I didn't check mine. <laughs> and I went back, and it said successful. And I think I texted you. You were the next person, Tanner, the next person I texted. So um, it wasn't too long after that. Louis, Louis got a hold of me and said, "Hey, I got a buddy who drew." And I said, "Perfect. Let's 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 work together." So that's what got us here. And um, you, you know, you came up scouted. Yep, I came out in. Uh in June, or June, Louie and I, I was just up here. Actually, we took the boys out doing a little bit of shed hunting. And then uh, we uh, ended up rolling through the canyon just kind of half day, just getting oriented, you know, orient myself with it, getting familiar with it. Had done some e-scouting, but wanted to put boots on the ground. And then I came back out at least one weekend. Yeah, one weekend. I um, One of the rifle hunters that hunted it last year, kind of, we talked, there's really no secrets. You know, it's so hard to draw these right. that, you know, once you draw them, you're kind of obliged to the next people to pass that information along. It's the way I feel about it. And, and, uh, thankfully some others felt that way too. And, you know, um, so this guy, uh, Bob had the rifle tag last year and he was kind enough to meet me up here at 6am. He drove up from, I think Monta Vista and, uh, met me up here and showed me around. It kind of showed me with some of the glassing spots, um, shared, you know, as much Intel as he could. And um, obviously a little bit different, you know, rifle, uh, as we've learned, <laughs> you know, if we'd had this rifle tag, this, you know, would have been over a few few times, I think. I but, think uh, we would have been done the first day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> obviously a little tougher with archery, but same same concepts, you know, good. You know, he, he gave me some fantastic intel, showed me where sheep were. And then that weekend I, I went in um, and found a band of 12, I think ultimately 12 rams, really some really nice rams, got some good spotting scope footage and uh digiscoping and um was pretty excited leaving that weekend as, um, and i think that was two weeks i think that's kind of mid-july so two weeks before season would have come in on august 1st i had a friend jace bowserman that had hunted this unit a couple years ago and uh i think it was a couple years ago and he'd taken a good ram i called him and he uh there's a gentleman in town that uh, connor that 
also killed Ram in here and, and is friends with T Tanner. And so, you know, it's it's about people who know people. And that those were my connections. And so I got some information that way. And then Tanner actually spent a little bit of time in here. Uh, um, you showed up and right away saw the Rams. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend Chandler and I, we, uh, I think it was the end of June, came in here. I, I came in here a few times, but the first time I came in here, we went up onto the one point and glassed up like four or five, nothing, nothing huge. And then we made a big loop and then coming back through the canyon later on, we found like 26 more uh, just above the road. So got a pretty good look at everything or and, and, close and, to everything. And they're in estimating there. there's what, 150, 160 sheep in this unit? Is yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah something around there. Somewhere there. Yeah, it's on the, quote, down the decline. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the peak was 180, and then and, I think a few years. And then been, they, the last three years, they've been putting out quite a few tags, right. and they think they have it right at carrying capacity right now. Um, I, I think the, the 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 interesting thing, and we can even sum this up at the, at, toward the end as to to where we feel this unit is. I mean, unfortunately, we're we're getting it after they've spent three years giving out, you know, so many tags, and you've seen pictures of all the big sheep they've killed in here. And I think we've seen the majority of the big rams in this unit. And we haven't yet to see a full curl. Now, I, that's not to say, I'm talking about in the canyon itself. Right. Uh, not to say there's not one or two that are off on their own, not, that don't strictly live here in the canyon, that's full curl. Um, yeah, it's possible. But I think we've seen the majority of the rams in this yeah. unit. Yeah, and I think you're right. We've, we've talked about it and, and seen, you know, seeing what people have taken previous years and looking at the data. I think that I think that's consistent with the data, right? Those, you know, they've been handing out, you know, from that 180. I, I think we were talking about it, you know, somewhere between the last three years, they've uh, everybody's been successful in archery for both the November season, which is the late season archery, and then the um, early season like we have in August. So that's six rams that they've been taking in the past three years, and then I think somewhere between three to five rifle ram tags, and the rest of the balance being used, but. Um, and I think, again, I think you're right. I think that kind of that top end of what was here with those 180, you know, some of those seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds plus, we have, we've only seen maybe one seven-year-old that we think. Um, right. And, and I think these rams are a lot more skittish now after having been hunted yeah. so much. I was thinking about that. You know, we, during scouting, I ran into a guy that had hunted the unit in 2020, I believe, uh, in rifle. And he he told me he thought they kind of broke into three kind of main groups, like bandlets, if you will. And, uh, you know, he said there's one kind of to the south that was more the timber timber rams, as he called them. And then, then kind of the, I don't know, core here that we've been mm -hmm. seeing them here in kind of the middle of the canyon. And then far north, there's a small band. And that's the one he said that who, who we came to to know is what uh freddy krueger freddy krueger right yeah up there on the krueger property to the north which maybe maybe he's up there we don't know we haven't seen him haven't but seen him, yeah. um but anyway he he was pretty convinced it was interesting at the time he told me he said those timber rams are super skittish he said it, it and and i wonder if it's not natural that some of these bigger rams right over the years as they've been taking out those bigger rams that the ones that are surviving have become more of those right. reclusive reclusive yeah. skittish timber you know more in the timber yeah which has been what we're running into. Yeah, well, you know, you take hunting. Hunting can be hard, but bow hunting, is it, it amplifies that. And, you know, I never, you never expect anything to be a gimme 
uh, especially the big three moose, mountain goat, or bighorn sheep in Colorado. But I will say mountain goat, the hardest part of that was getting the elevation and, and drawing the tag, getting the elevation, because uh, the goats just have been, they've been, they're docile. Now, I'm not saying there's a lone billy out there, you know, that we'll run run from a mile away exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, 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 I'm not saying that, but what I saw on my mountain goat hunt was not that. Uh, moose, they're so big, and Colorado has a good, good population of Shires moose now. Um, for the time being, we won't yeah, have to go I into know, that. But yeah. it's not, it's, uh, <laughs> not for this podcast. podcast but. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wolves. Um, but right now we're dealing with uh, an animal that's so big and doesn't have a lot of predation. And uh, so I found that seeing them is quite awesome and quite easy because they're so big. Um, I mean, they, you still lose them in the willows, but... And then during the right season, it was pretty neat getting close to them, calling them up. But this, I knew, was going to be probably the most difficult. And Tanner and I... Uh, compared it a lot to uh, our ibex hunt in New Mexico. Uh, two, I went on an ibex hunt in 2014 and 2016. 15 days the first ti- day, didn't fire a single arrow. 15 days in 2016, killed my billy the last 30 minutes of light the last day. Um, Tanner won't ever go back. He'll go to the town, Deming, New Mexico, buy it, and get a red chili burrito. I will but do that. he will not. He says, I'm not ever applying for that tag. It's just brutal. Brutal. Old rock formation, so it crumbles. Rattlesnakes in January. Mm. And cactus. Anything, everything pokes, sticks you, or prods you, or bites you. So it's difficult. So, But as we got on this hunt, let's, let's throw it to coming on first day. Um, actually, the first night, the night before opener. Uh, we were we split up. We gl- you were glassing, I think, from over on the east side west. I think we went around, and that's when I was with one of my cameramen, and we snuck over. And, that's right. And there was a little band of of uh, ewes. Yeah, and a young ram, I think, and, and that uh-huh. is yep, And we yep. peeked over, and we were twenty yards up. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is really cool. The, the practice stock, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And I got this uh, cameraman, which will talk about him he's quite a quite a character and super super impressed with him um is uh he he'd never been to such so i actually had him put the camera down just set it up on tripod run it and i said come here and we snuck up together and he peered over so it was kind of it was kind of cool um and then and then the next morning our hopes were high i think and right away we saw rams didn't we yeah, first day, we, first those, day. those four, mm-hmm. four to the north, we got eyes on them, and yeah, we were And that was together. our first stock, and we decided, Louis, Louis was with us, yep. we decided to go together, mm-hmm. but then we would see maybe one would set up here, and we didn't know, and then, and then the other would work around, we weren't sure. But I think we were also hunting them more like mule deer and elk at this juncture when we started find rams check bed them down check let them get comfortable check the problem with the fourth which was sneak in on them they weren't there anymore because they didn't they never got that got comfortable part yeah the 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 old saying uh tanner's reading a sheep hunting book 
who's that by? Jack O'Connor, the legendary. The legendary Jack O'Connor. Jack O'Connor. And he says it, which we had said it, and then he's like, yeah, they, Jack O'Connor says that too. You don't know if they're going to stay there for five minutes or five hours. Right. Where mule deer and elk, it's not that way. Once you get them down and they, 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 they bed down and then they get up and they move around, once they have their day bed, they're there. You have time. You don't have to rush. So we got in there, and we decided they were bedded kind of in a little bluff. Tanner, you were across glassing them. Yep. And we didn't want to come up and behind them. We wanted to get eyes on them, so we ended up going into a little patch of timber. Yeah, climbing that timber to the top. That probably had a gazillion, at least a gazillion mosquitoes. Yeah. There was a little water yep. hole. Yep. That was basically a mosquito, mosquito heaven. breeding pond. <laughs> yeah. And we are, th- what were we, 400 yards away? Yeah, definitely within five. Maybe, yeah, between four and five. And we are in the in the shadows, in the trees, and the guys are filming, and we're setting up, and they stand up, and they look right at us. Now... We were even saying, are they looking at us? Right. The wind, of course, they couldn't smell us. We're like, there's no way they can see us. Right. And you even told them, you got, you stop moving. You know, you thought maybe the camera guy's moving back and forth or something, trying to get shots. But I think where you, you were headed, I'm not sure that that's, uh, I think we learned. I don't think that's what it was. It may have been. It may have been. But I, I, w- I don't put it past them now. I didn't realize yeah. sheep's, uh, sheep eyes are, I mean, I'd put them up there close to antelope. Maybe not that much, but... 9X optics. Yeah. <laughs> they they pick up movement. They pick up... I mean, and, and the reason I know that is as I get into more stories, they pick me off time and time again when I'm just barely peeking around a tree or over a rock. Um, but in that situation, they ended up moving down. Well, well, and, and part of the reason we said we didn't know... If you recall, I think, uh, you know, one of the cameramen and I both at the same oh. time looked at each other. Maybe you heard it, too. It, it sounded like a, a dying, a dying rabbit, rabbit, right? Mm-hmm. Like a call, like somebody who was like somebody, a predator exactly. call or something. But I think it, it, it's possible that it was real because with, if they were looking, what we thought maybe were looking across at us, there's a little, you know, there was a draw in between us that we couldn't see down in. And one of the possibilities that we all talked about, maybe there was a coyote or something down in there that did kill. Because all of a sudden they blew out. Yeah, and it was it was about the same time yeah. that we heard that, mm-hmm. you know, rabbit scream. And, and, and we were holding position because we were watching a storm, a little afternoon thunderstorm move in, and we know what happens with the wind when that happens. And uh, I know we just were like, well, we could do that. Well, pretty soon they'd fed out. Where None of those plans would have worked. Right. Um, if we would have done what we wanted right away, they might have worked. But we had kind of indecisive. So... Stock one in the books. How far are they going to go? That was the question. I believe you watched them till you couldn't watch them again. They just yeah, kept going. I watched them a long ways. They ended up at that. That's the group that ended up by that single cedar tree. Yeah. Out just just south of Cottonwood. Yep. Is is where they ended up, which was I think you later said right? Was it four miles? Uh, I don't think that was that, the, one, that wasn't the four miles. The that was group, later. That was yeah. a different group. Yeah. That was the group that went back to <laughs> that's the north. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So here we are going. Okay, this is this is cool. This shouldn't be a problem. We get a stock a day, right? We got thirty-one days to do this. 
All right. Now, the truth of the matter is, is you and I couldn't be here the whole time. Uh, I had to go back for work. You had to go back for work. Um, and then your wife, uh, your daughter's birthday. Yep. I yep. mean, there's Can't a couple things. of, yep. yeah, a couple of things that we were going to have to, to go back for. So we weren't going to be able to go. All right. 31 days straight, which thankfully that's good because we are, uh, we would have stunk. We would stink worse than we stink right now. This, this may be the time for, for your story. Yeah. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. So hold, hold that thought on stink. The, we'll come the, back uh, to it. Yeah. Camp hygiene. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, camp hygiene. Let's put a pin in that. Yeah. Put a pin in that. So then the next day happened. Do you remember how so that kicked off? So second day. Yeah, that w- that was uh, I found I found the rams that I had found during scouting. Right. So finally, I, the poison you called them the, the poison, poison rams. Yeah, poison rams. And um, so there's a huge big band. I right. had seen them when I had seen them. There were twelve. And I think when we found them again, if I'm not mistaken, I think we counted fourteen or fifteen that morning when we found them. And uh, Louis was with us. My dad came out for the hunt for That's that right. first week. Mm-hmm. So Louis, my dad, and I were all in there. Um, and I think I actually found those poison boys or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, and I you think guys came in. We came in. Yep. And you guys were sitting in a position to where, uh, Tanner, you had gone you across. And, you'd gone across. Yeah. You were with Louie, right? No, no Louie no. was with us. Tanner no. went across. Yeah, I took uh, One Mike. And oh, well, yeah, because Mike and David had come out. My, yeah, I my, took, my two good buddies from I high school. I took Mike and the kids, and we went across the canyon and hiked in there. And got where we could see down into the bottom. That's right, because we watched them because they wrapped. It, they so they were on a uh, what would that be? Kind of a west face, and then they popped over to that east face where you could see them from. Yep. From the east, and we so when we lost them, went over into those cedars. You were able to pick them up down mm-hmm. low. Yeah, and uh, I just remember we met up with you guys, and then again a little bit of indecisiveness. Uh, Louis did have a good plan. Hey, why don't I go over here and see if I can get eyes on him? So he, I my can, dad went yeah, around. Yep. So I can direct you guys in, which was was a smart plan. Come to find out, they were a little closer than, than, <laughs> yeah. than when yep. they wrapped around. They were actually closer than they wanted to be. Yep. Uh, but they could get eyes on the ram. Tanner had eyes on the ram. So we started. We were gonna, we we're gonna try and drop on top of them, but it just wasn't gonna work. They were too low. There wasn't the bluffs were too high. Because the bluffs were up toward the top, remember? Yeah. So you and I just said, well, let's try and get down to that tree down there. After a little bit of back and forth. We should have gone right away. Hind- should, and, hindsight's and, and, always twenty yeah. twenty. We We can always say what we should have done. So you and I, Corey went with me. I left uh, the cameraman up top to run with the long lens. Um, we figured that was too many people. But uh, Corey was around camera and he came with me. <sighs> Sorry, that was a big yawn. It's been a long month. <laughs> um, <laughs> long month. <laughs> we we got down to that tree, and I remember looking at you saying, "We got to get further because oh. I think the the bottom of that where that ridge came out and and they were just around yeah. was like." 85 90 yeah. yards or something and i'm like we got to get down lower but we didn't have any cover other than some mahogany bushes well and and i, I think what we learned there because you and i talked about this after the fact hiking out of there 
you know, we had, we had a spotter and, and, um, you know, Louie, this is nothing against him or my dad or anything else, but, you know, we were, when communicating with him, he said, I, I asked him explicitly, right? We got down to that tree and we're like, Hey, this isn't going to be close enough. And I said, can we sneak down this draw? And he said, no, they're, they're too close. You'll be seen. I think we talked about this, right? We probably had a better vantage point yeah. to know in, in hindsight. And again, you know, if we had to do this again, we could have definitely ducked into that. There was probably at least six feet. Oh yeah. And we could have snuck down there and, and been within 60 yards yeah. for sure. When they came around now, a part of it, again, we didn't see what he saw. Right. What, what I think what he said at the time kind of debriefing with him was they were up higher and he thought they were going to wrap. And if they would have wrapped right when we were there, we would have been blown out of there, right. but they ended up coming straight down the other side of that Ridge. And they all just kind of filed out. Filed out in front of us like they were in line to go to the movies. Yep. And they were 112 yards. Yep. yep. And and so we sat there and we admired them and watched them, filmed them. And kept counting them. There were 15 that we saw go around, but we we, we had, what, 20 plus? That yeah. came, just, they just kept coming. Yeah. There's 26, I think, is what we counted. I think ultimately, yeah. 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 And then the lead ram ended up heading up towards where your dad and Louie were and whether or not the wind something happened because it wasn't an instant later and they were gone yeah they they all just he he was going up that hill or you know ridgelet stopped and then immediate 180 and the whole band kind of came together went down into the bottom of of what is the poison draw stood there in the timber just for a few seconds and then they kind of figured it out and they were they blew out of there and i think tanner you you picked them up i think coming out the other yeah, side yeah right? i picked them going yeah up, and up, over. up over into rock, rock. Mm -hmm. and that's where you said i think that's where he got a good count too we said you know there were 26 total. 26 of them yeah. yeah so i think as we're going on we're learning we're we're g gaining knowledge um and then it was trying to figure out where does when we have the help where do we need to strategically place people behind glass and then communicate find rams get in position get in position quickly <laughs> yep. and and then move in and i think that that became part of it now looking back on it right the, the big part of the learning curve is uh, and, and going back to it that's where i think scouting and and knowing the road systems is huge because because yeah. uh and, and, and we as much as you do early on you don't really know but in the, when you've got 30 days, you know, I said to you driving around today, I said, it's amazing how well you know the unit yeah. now. And, you know, you can be standing at another spot across, looking across and be like, okay. Because the first few days, right, like looking across into poison, I've stood into poison. I've stood in poison and glass, the backside of it. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you know, is that where I was standing? You know, right. it, it changes, right? Your right. perspective on the other side of a canyon, you know, mile away. Yeah. Uh, but now I think we've we've got that pretty dialed in. That if if we were to say, hey, there is a, I'm looking here, and there's a, you know, there's a sheep, a ram here, you know, I think we we know all of us would know collectively, like, hey, this is what we need to do. You know, you go up this way, you go this way. We're going to go across over here, and let's get in position. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I and I think our hopes were still pretty high. Um, mm. My buddies were with their kids here, you know, enjoying it, watching everything, and they really wanted me to shoot something while they were there yeah and i i kind of didn't want to shoot just a legal ram um i wanted to be selective well 
I didn't realize how selective the sheep were going to be for me. <laughs> so that was a, a non-issue. But, but there was times I'm like, I, I wouldn't shoot that sheep. Which, and, and I probably wouldn't shoot a... I, I mean, I don't know. You, you had kind of set your bar, I think, when we talked about it. You, you said you wanted a three-quarter. I mean, that's kind of what the bar... That's what I wanted to... You know, I wanted a, I wanted a more mature. Right. Right? Something yeah. with some mass. And, yeah. So, and, and that's kind of... Yeah. And we'll get into that in a second because yeah. we got another... The next day, right? Yeah. But, yeah. And, and so, did, did we have any other opportunities? That that pretty much finished up that day, right? I think that was day two. I don't know that yeah. we, if we saw something in the evening. We definitely and, didn't make and a stock. please forgive us, people, if our days run together. We'll try and give you... We might even stop saying which day it is, but... Yeah. Uh, because it gets so confusing um i know i hunted six the first six days you hunted the first nine days eight, yeah eight, eight days first to the eighth yep and then i guess that's nine then days. we had to go back and took a break and yep. come back yep so let's go to the next day next day again um some of this is almost like groundhog day right we get up the same time start the coffee we eat something and we're out everybody's going to their perspective glassing points and hoping by nine o'clock we have some ramps spotted um and so here third day boom we're up we're out and go ahead let's see so third day was i think i had an opportunity in the morning right yeah that was also yeah, it was in uh what i like to call mini rock <laughs> The tra that little drainage next to rock. That's yeah. the one yeah. with the leaning tower tree of tree of Pisa. Yes. Leaning 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 Teresa. Yeah. That we were sitting well, yeah, we were yeah. sitting over there across uh So you and you and a cameraman, I think, because Tanner wasn't there until later. No, I had I had the the, had all the, the boys with me. There. The boys were with you, okay, yeah. okay. That's and right. I just So see, my dad and I were up mm -hmm. across. You guys were you guys were gonna go across and glass backed yep. into some of this stuff. Because you'd found the those the boys in poison. Yep. So, and I'm glassing, and I just see rams go by. And again, it is. It's this little drainage off of rock. Right. And and then it's a unique, it's a really small drainage, but then on this, it's lots of little bluffs. Right. Right. That but run out not, to, the, to the canyon, toward the right, canyon. Right, toward the canyon. Almost little, yeah, little blufflets yeah, that yeah. go back in. Yeah, it'd be perfect yeah. for playing capture the flag. Right, you know, <laughs> right. you're running around. And, uh, well, and I see him bet. And I see five or six of them. So I, I let you know, yep. and I'm looking, I'm looking on my onyx, and I'm like, okay, I think it's here. And I was, I sent you about 200 yards too far, didn't it, I? It was about 700 yards. Okay, so I was, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a little <laughs> off. We can edit that out, Trev. <laughs> no, I mean, no, the old, it actually it, ended up being all right. right. It ended up, yeah, because yeah, you, well end, you well. ended up coming in from the correct way. Yeah, I, so we worked our way down that timber right. thinking that we need to be out further on that point. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and honestly, again, this goes back to, you know, learning learning that where you're seeing and just getting that perspective across the canyon is tough. I can't tell you how many times I'm on one side of the canyon thinking I'm looking the other and you're, you're glassing across and you don't realize when you're at 30x, you know, that you just jump the side of the canyon even. You know, it happens. Right. It's yeah. it's a, the perspective changes yeah. pretty quickly. So, no yeah. No uh no yeah. Well, and and looking at Onyx, I'm trying to count clusters of trees, right. you know, from from their satellite imagery and you know. So, Tanner ends up getting there and I say, "Am I right? 
and did I send it? He goes, no, you're not even close. This is where it is. <laughs> so I sent it to you right away. Luckily, you hadn't blown anything out. No. And then you guys came back. Yep. And I remember, well, tell, tell us, talk us through this. Once you get turned around, now you're going to the real location. That was right. just a fake. That was yeah. just pre preliminary. So there's a, big, there's a big dead tree. And I'll remember it because this, this was the kind of the first, you know, real close. And actually, I'll never forget about it because in, in a minute I'll get there. But. So my dad and I come back along that tree line. We work our way up. And, and you're getting in there. And by the way, you're looking at this, like you'd say, those bluffs and this timber. And you're just thinking, like, this is, has to be where sheep are. You know, this is where they have to be hanging out, right? And, um, and obviously, we had, you guys had seen them. But just you could just tell. Good habitat <clears throat> where we should be finding them. So we're moving back in. And that wind, like you said, the, the, the thermals had shifted. Um, so we, had, we were good in terms of, uh, you know, wind, thermals. And uh, we end up going to... We end up going down to um, this big tree, dead tree, right? And I think that's the one that maybe was the leaning, the leaning tower. I think is what it is, is what uh, Trevin had named it. Yeah. So, so we ended up getting to that tree, and uh, and at that point, Tanner, I think you said, hey, I don't know, I don't have eyes on them. I don't think you did at that time. I no, because they they kind of they were in the, the they were in the bottom, the very bottom. But yep. then they moved behind where we right. had rocks in right. our way. And they the little ridge that ridge behind. lit, if you will, kind of came to block that. So, so we were kind of we didn't have eyes across, but we knew we're you know very close, right, yeah. where they had been. So I start sneaking down um, what would be kind of the, the west side of this little drainage that, that, that runs north and south. And, and I'm just, I'm taking two, three steps glassing, two, three steps glassing. And, and I don't get down there very far. I think it's about 120 yards, if I remember correctly. And all of a sudden, I just see, I just see three curls you know, three Ram curls, like, you know, as these guys are lined up and I was like, Ooh, okay. So I, I back out and I go back and I tell my dad and I say, Hey, I've, I've got these things. They're bedded down there. Uh, I drop my pack, you know, get my, get my bow. And, um, we, you know, again, you guys couldn't see them, but we just, I think we just let you know, like, Hey, we're, we're going in, I'm going to go make a stock. So I, um, down in the bottom of this little ridge, I mean, they were they were tucked under a tree. And again, I, I only saw at that time, I think I counted, f I saw the initial three curls, but then as I got in closer, so, I, so what I did there was, was kind of what we talked about doing, you know, the day before, I got down into that drainage as low as I could. And I worked my way down and I, I saw this rock and I'm like, okay, if I can get behind that rock, I think I can get close enough to see them and maybe make a shot from there. And my thinking there was that if they fed out, because in the bottom was this just nice green lush. Like literally like a pasture. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's obviously yeah. why they were there. Nice and cool. Uh, you know, the seep or something down in there that was, you know, moisture at least where that grass was growing. So I sneaked down in there and, and. I think I, I got down to that rock, belly crawled up underneath it, and it was just big enough to hide me, kind of seated on another little rock, and then, and then I could just peek around and peek, peek over. And so I start, once I'm there, I'm, I'm at 55 yards from the closest rams. Those three that were bedded turned out to be five. And I think five of the nicer rams in the unit um, were all bedded up there together, part of that poison, poison boys, I think, that we had bumped the day before. Um, so I saw those five and there were three others that were just a little bit around underneath some rocks, but they could, I could see them. So I, I saw a group of eight and all of them legal rams. All eight of those were legal. So and I, how far are you? I was 55 from the closest ones. Okay. And those, the furthest ones were about 70. The three, the three were right at between 65 and 70 and all bedded. And then the, the five were all tucked under in a nice little, you know, group 
kind of right. tight underneath the tree, a little shade underneath that tree. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I started looking around. I'm like, here, and I'm, I'll, this is what I said, I'll never forget. I, through binos at 55 yards, I've got what, 11 power binos, and I can see the eye, you know, looking in their eyeballs, right? You can see like the eyeballs of these things, and you can see which ones are like, you know, falling asleep, you know, like kind of nodding off. And, and I'm like, this is so cool, right? Like you're sitting here, but then the other part of me is like, okay, how do I get closer? How do I get in to get a shot? I, I didn't have a shot at 55, just to be clear. I mean, they, they were that there were trees and other right. things in between them, but I, that's where the closest one where I could, could range. So my plan was to wait them out, right? Wait and, and hope that they had moved. If they had moved right, um, I had, I had sat, I'd come around to the right side. So I shoot right hand on the compound. So everything was set great. If they would have come out fed to the right and into that bottom, it would have been 50 yards. I had another tree at 35. I mean, I had, had everything ready, you know, clump of grass here at right. 55 and everything. So, I mean, I was just waiting them out. Um, so unfortunately, like, like sheep do, I think Tanner, you, you said, uh, the first day, I think you, you said something like sheep just do sheep things. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, I don't know what that means. And now I, now I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, there's not a whole lot of rhyme and reason right. pattern pattern. Like you would, like you said, more of a, a mule deer type of, of pattern that you could right. expect or behavior you could expect. They said a little more skittish, whatever. So anyway, these, these guys all get up sun moves around a little bit so I, I mean i think i was there two two and a half hours through the total i mean i it was sitting there it was a waiting game and uh it got hot like it does and uh, they got it was hot for me hot for them and so they did get off their feet but unfortunately they moved to the left they got up they got moved up, to the left milled, milled a little bit and they they all started to kind of go left uh. and i could tell i could tell that those that the five one of them was the lead right and and he he got up and kind of started walking to the left. I thought, oh, shoot, you know, this isn't going to happen to the right, like I thought. Um, so my, I, I, I had looked, you know, before kind of moving in, and I was like, okay, if, if I, the only other way I could get a shot was to kind of go up and over, right? So I'm, I'm down in the drainage. They can't see me. There's a little enough of a ridge that they can't see me, um, but I had to move around the rocks that I was on. And so I went to go make that move. So I backed out a little bit. And as they're kind of starting to walk left, I thought, okay, I can maybe get above them, you know, and, and get a shot. Wind was coming. I didn't talk about this, but the wind was kind of coming across. So it was, it was okay from a wind perspective to move. But I, if I would have tried to do that earlier, it wouldn't have been okay, right? The wind was going to go down to them. Um, but now that they're up and walking, they're kind of walking around. I was able to make that move for that reason. But as I made that move and popped over... You got two little, you know, non, non-legal rams that I didn't know were in there. I don't think anybody knew what we, you know, like we said, we'd only seen five. You guys had seen five. I had eight and all 26, uh, long story short, ended up being, being in there. And uh, Tanner picked them back up as they were blowing out of there. And, uh, it, and actually, I didn't say it, but so when I, when I popped up, it didn't happen immediately. Um, it, it, when I popped up and over, I'm looking back at these and all of a sudden I see movement out of the left, you know, to the left of me up higher in these rocks. And I look over there and we have a stare down for a good three minutes. And I just, I stopped, right? I froze and I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me, right? These, these two dinker rams that, <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, don't do it. And you, you know. And it, you didn't have a shot at the other rams because you needed to That's you right, you had to, to close move. that distance you, yeah, and they're yeah. walking away. So, ah. yeah, so it's, it, uh, 
that's how they stay alive i think right those those the sacrificial <laughs> youngsters that that keep a lookout on the edges of the edges of the rocks yeah uh, well that was it was neat to watch uh again here we are day two another great opportunity right and that was just that was yes yeah, so that, that made more than a three i think more than three, okay. three day three and then with day three didn't you have yeah, so 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 coming out of there right that that they blow out tanner sees all of them blowing out and this is i guess it becomes <laughs> tanner he's yeah, they're moving north you know <laughs> his famous line still heading north you know <laughs> yeah but, we you know, watched them for yeah a long ways we lost them in lick park i think yeah, and i still don't know what happened to all of them right they well, kind of lost they lost rams as they went actually i forgot about that so as we were heading out so my dad and i are backing out right so they have this encounter i come back and tell them what's going on and we're we're hiking out as we're hiking out you know tanner says yeah 26 of them blew out of there or whatever and dumped into poison well we're on that rock uh timber that goes into poison and it kind of up on top and we're walking hiking out back to to the, the truck and all of a sudden we look over and here come nine rams full speed running up poison and uh it, and it was weird. They're running, and then all of a sudden, you know, my dad and I are looking through timber trying to get to them, and we're, we both get glass and eyes on them, and all of a sudden they take a 160-degree turn out of nowhere and run back up on top of poison along the road. And then they drop into what we've called now ivy. I think it's an unnamed drainage there to the north. And you're going, what in the world was that? Well, again, long story short, we go back to our truck, come back, and we go driving down on poison instead because we were over on rock, go down driving on poison to see if we could pick them up again. We get up there and there's some guy chopping, you know, running a chainsaw, right? It's like, okay, that's what will make nine rams at full speed take a 160 degree turn out of nowhere. And uh, so they ended up dumping to the north. But we never did figure out because you saw 26 cross. Well, only we nine saw, of those rams. We, there's actually 16 that day. That's right. Because right. we lost some in Rock Creek from between day two and day three. That's right. And so then, and then they head north. But then I only think only like eight, 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 eight yeah, or nine yeah. came out. And so now we're like, where'd they go? Where'd they yeah, go? Now we're, we're losing rams left and right. But on the other hand, we're also going good. We're breaking this big herd up because to get in on 26 anythings with a bow is extremely difficult. Yeah. So, um, so then didn't we come over? So, so on our way out is when you called me. Because I had got up on tower. Yep. Yep. Well, again, we're using these names of these lookouts. Um, if you draw an S69. Call uh, us. Call us. We'll help you out. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> Is that when I looked over there and I got over to tower and I'm like, there's a ram standing over there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So for we lose, somehow we lose eight or nine rams running into Lick Park Road and we don't see them That's come right. out. Yeah. And so then by this time, Corey and I have made our way back to the tower and we're like, what the, what in the actual F is going on here? And, <laughs> and then I look over there on the side of the drainage across from us and there's a ram standing by himself, just like looking, literally looking forlorn, Lorne, looking like, where did everybody go? <laughs> and I just remember going that he's, he's looking for his buddies. Well, we watched him bounce from little timber pocket to little timber pocket to little timber, looking for people, for, for, for buddies, for rams. 
Where did all his buddies go? And then he beds down in this little patch of cedars with a lone big dead tree. Dead pine, yep. yep. And I remember I got oh, yeah. a hold of you and I... Well, it, yeah, so we're coming about across right. the top, my dad and I, and I, I thought, you know, and then you were like, hey, we've got a five-eighths bedded alone in, in bead. And uh, and this is where, you know, that day specifically, I was like, well, what do you want us to do or whatever? And I said, do you want them? And you're like, I'm not ready to do five-eighths. You know, that's where you kind of set, set yeah. it. And I said well shoot i'll do it <laughs> so so yeah i uh and we, he was collared mm-hmm. there's they've done uh quite a few collared rams in here doing some studies and um and and some use um and we've tried to keep track track of the collar numbers and collar letters but it's sometimes it's hard when they're a thousand yards away but he bedded in a pretty dang good place and I and I talked you down, and you were you were there. You were in the. And again, yeah. he did what Rams do, random. We we nickname instead of random, it's random. They just get up, and he got up. You were right there. So, so there was a juniper that you had, the big juniper, and you said he's better behind that. And and I'm sneaking down. And I know you remember you said you know go go this way, but the wind wasn't right. Those thermals were coming, and they were they were kind of off from what you would expect them to be right. a little bit. So I don't know if that was just the, in the canyons, it happens. Mm-hmm. So I had to go right instead of kind of left like you want, like you said, hey, contour-wise, this is what you should do. I ended up going right. We get down, I get down there, because it's just me and my dad stayed back. And and I'm not 35 yards from that juniper and he's supposed to be on the other side of it. And, and then I, so I bend down, creep down and I'm looking and I can see his feet. So I think, and you, you had- I told you he'd got you up. You said he, there, he's up. And, yeah. and I thought, okay, so I look down through that juniper at the bottom, at the base, and I see his feet, and he's moving left, my left. And so I, I go to the left of that tree, right? And I'm, I'm here. I mean, like, I'm ready to be at full draw. You know, I've got this thing dialed at 35 and ready to, ready to arrow this thing. And I step to the left, and I don't see anything. I peek out a little bit more and then I take another step around and I take another step around and where the heck did this thing go? Right. I mean, the last thing I saw is he's moving left and I'm like, he's supposed to be there and he has just disappeared. And then that's when I think you're, you're in my ear and you said, Hey, he, he's gone. He just blew out. And, and afterwards we talked, I said, what in the world happened? And you said he turned after he took those first couple steps and was going to go and left. And that's where I thought he was going to go left. So I went left up kind of up and over that little ridgelet and ready to shoot. And he walked straight down the only way that i probably couldn't have shot him he walked straight away and he dropped into the canyon and then came up and as you're looking around the juniper and understand these when they want to move they can move quickly he didn't run down he walked down but you were moving so slow to get around the bush to get that shot as he came around that that juniper he'd covered what you said 80 100 yards or something and then he came up on the other side and he turned around and you step out and that's when he blew out because yeah. then he saw you. Um, but that was, you were close. I mean. That, uh, yeah, that was really close. No, no. Well, then. We had one more opportunity that day. You got, you had Corey, Corey found that group, I think, or if it wasn't, if it wasn't part of, I think it was part of that group that we thought had disappeared into Lick. I and think they Corey were, found They us. were not far from where you were at. That's right. And. So it's like just kind of around the front of face, if yeah. you will, to, on the canyon Literally side. Literally above the road. <laughs> just 20, above private. Just 20, above 20 private. yards <laughs> above private, yeah. bedded under a bunch of junipers, and there was, what, five rams? Yeah, I think five. so. Yeah. Six, maybe. 
but one of them was really good. And so I I just busted it down from the bottom from their the lick. bottom and got got in a pull off you know a little pull out area bailed out there and at that time Louis, Louis pulled up yep, Louis and so Louis jumped up and, w- yep. and he went with us yep. and um, and that, I actually ended up yeah, following you guys you up there up, so I ended up seeing it too yeah as we you got ended up, up coming you. up right yep. the crazy thing was and this is really the story of some of my first stocks was I was just there too late um, if I could have got there 15 minutes earlier because I got to the rock I wanted but when I was getting close I think Tanner said okay they're moving to the left and they weren't spooked they were just walking random yeah and so I kind of hot footed it and I was just over the crest and then I came over to this little rock which I was going to use for cover and I saw the big ram and I ranged him I think he was 65 or 70 yards and I and I needed to get another 10 yards and he was just walking and um, as I went over the edge I kind of got down low and I was moving closer to that rock outcrop that would put me about 55 yards and the other rams came out of the junipers to my right closer and I was so focused on that ram Corey was behind me with the camera and I ducked down immediately, but Corey was just stuck skylined. And um, what I should have done is I should have had Corey just stay back and video me. If he sees the ram, great. If he doesn't, at least, you know. Hindsight. So, hindsight. Yeah. But, so we end up. So, so that, that day three was pretty spectacular really i mean right we had i had two different stocks Mm -hmm. you ended up having a stock um and and you know we didn't we didn't talk about this earlier but i think that that's kind of what we had come to expect from guys that had had the tag earlier you know it communicated to us that hey maybe expect a stock or or maybe two a day and so you know we had we had kind of been running those those averages days one through three and uh, And we're pretty sure at least seeing rams every day you know we were definitely um, able to find rams whether or not the, the stock was in the right spot um, you know it, you never knew yeah. uh, but I was encouraged I was encouraged uh, I told you this earlier perhaps a little bit overconfident thinking okay this is going to happen There's no no problem it's going to happen um, so you know spirits are high and then the next morning I think we went a day without seeing anything. I think maybe. we did. I think, yeah, we it, it started to slow a little bit. We we didn't we saw Rams, but we didn't get a stock. Right. And then the next day um, was when I got the stock back in back in, in this bead. same place. Yeah, where that lone ram. Where was. you came down yep. on that lone ram, but they this was four Rams, and they were up a little bit more toward the draw, but. It was in a position to where I could come down. The same, same exact same ridge. Exact ridge yeah. You had come down. Get to the same set of rocks. It got to the same set of rocks, but this time I'm trying to use the rocks for cover to come up, and they're on the other side. Yep. And it's uh, Grant, Corey, myself, um, and and then guys are, 
Louis, and you. And, and Brian, my buddy Brian. That well, could was come Brian up. with you? Yeah, Brian and Louis are the ones that swung oh, around. Oh, that's right. Yep. So now we're going to go, okay, how do we make this work? You decided to go and cover an escape route. Yep. What we thought would be an escape route. So initially just the two of them, right, went right. around and, and, and worked their way further to the west so that they had eyes. Because I think Tanner, from where he was up on the tower, you really couldn't see great into where they had kind of tucked underneath that dead tree. Yeah. Like you had seen them initially, but then they kind of kept going in and out of your view. So yeah, Louis said. trees there that were blocking. They were behind. So so obviously, and we talked about, you know, a good, if we can get eyes. So, so yeah, Louis and Brian were good enough to kind of wrap behind that other, can, you know, ridge, if you will. And then they had eyes from the, from the, um, the, the west side, back side there. Yep. And if I had it all do over again, I would have sent Grant with the long lens with them yep. to film. Um, so, and then I ended up joining them. So that's yeah. where you were starting to head. Yeah. Is that we kind of made a plan from there? We said, hey, look, we both can't go down here, and not likely. So let's cover the back door, so to speak, or a back door, right? So I went around and joined them, and then snuck all the way down the ridge, basically into the bottom, thinking, okay, if they if they bolt out of here to the to the west and run up the the ridge out the back side you know i may have a shot because we, we could see there's a big sheep trail right that goes right, right up the, that little ridge right, right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so yeah go ahead you start sneaking down then with so grant. Corey, grant and i start sneaking down and i would move and then i would bring them up and i would move and i get to the rock and i poke out and they're they're there uh the closest ram is like 50 eight yards the tree is like 60 yards and then the other rams are on the other side and uh wind's good i'm not gonna get busted they're a little below me thermals are rising and i'm like okay i just wait them out and i made a poor decision in that i looked up and i saw juniper and i saw and i thought you know we could have a cameraman up there, set up his tripod, and then ease, we do this mule deer hunting. Get behind a yucca or something, you know, in, in the western Kansas, or I mean western Nebraska or something, and then you just ease that, the camera out. And you don't have, and then you're just watching the, the monitor. Display, you you yeah. don't mm. ever show yourself, and you can get footage. And I told Corey, I said, why don't you see if you can get to that tree and see if you can set up. Well, Corey doesn't carry a tripod. He carries a monopod. Again, you can hear the wind really whipping, huh? Um, again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I should have just said, hey. Because at this point, I'm like, I don't care if I get this on film. I want to kill a ram. That's the top priority, which normally isn't it. It's normally, hey, we need to get this on film, you know, so we can share, share the hunting experience, all that stuff. And... Uh, I'm in position, and I can hear I can hear Corey moving, and I look back, and he's not looking at me, and then I hear Louis saying, "Dude, they're getting really nervous." Okay, they're on their feet, and I tell Grant, I said, "Make him stop, make him stop." No, he just, just I, anyway, it was too close. Too much movement. I should have just had him stay. Um, it's not his fault. I mean, he was just trying to get in position, doing what I asked him to do. 
We think we think they just heard him. It was yeah. noise. It was noise. Beca- because, uh, they didn't see anything. They no, weren't looking at you. No, because when they when they did finally run, they didn't run like the others that smelt or saw us. Mm-hmm. They ran because they heard something, and they literally ran 200 yards and then turned around and looked back, and we all just got down. And then they walked around the corner. They wrapped back to the face to, toward yeah. those those cedars. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yep, yeah. yep. So now we're like shoot. If I had it to do over again, I would have just sat there. Let them get up because it's going to get hot. Let them get up, do what they're going to do because they're going to get up and they're going to feed and they're going to mull around and then range one and shoot one. So we get back up on top. You have eyes, Tanner. You'd pick those other ones up and they're kind of down low, but they look like they're heading right to those cedars we were in. Yep. So you and I get over there, and we get in good position. I think we're there in time, and we get down to the cedars. And I'm trying to put you up high, and I'm going to go low. You brought me back on those rocks that right. you wanted to get to when right. your, your story just right. a few minutes ago. And yep, I'm like, before. you'll be perfect, because if yep. they come like they did before, you're going to have a shot. Or if they come lower, I'll set up down low, yep. and yep. I'll be darned. They were, I think you told us they were like 350 yards away from us. And we work our way through the cedars. I'm trying to show you where to get. And I look up, and there's a ram on a high spot looking at us. <laughs> Just had us, had us pinned as soon as we and came And you're out. like, you got to be freaking kidding me. We thought we had plenty of cover. Like, we, we didn't think. We, anyway, and off they go. And then they ran about four and a half miles. Yeah, 4.03 miles. Approximately. When, when they stopped. That's line of sight. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's as the crow flies. Yeah. They they covered so much ground. It was nuts. So that yeah, was that, that was the how how were they looking to uh, still heading north? <laughs> still heading north. <laughs> yeah, they did that for quite a while. Yeah. Headed north. Yeah. And so that was pretty much our first week, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I don't think we had another stock after that. No, and I and like you said that you, that may have been day five or six, whatever it was. And you you hunted those first six days, the Sunday. You guys took off kind of midday that Sunday. Brian stayed with me, and, and then you uh, hunted and through Bob, Bob came through till till Tuesday. Till Tuesday, yeah. But it that's when it, things started to it get a little hot. dry. It got hot. Yeah. So th- we should have said that that too. That the kind of from a weather perspective. Those first few days, we had some afternoon clouds. We had some showers. rain showers. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of cooler. The, the clouds would move in. They, the sheep seemed to be on their feet. We talked about kind of any any time. It wasn't like a you know kind of more like you said like an elk or mule deer where you hey find them on their feet in the morning and then go bed yeah. them or something. They it, it was random. He, one o'clock in the afternoon, those clouds would move in or whatever, and and they'd be on their feet. You'd find them. Um, but the, that that changed. The other thing we need to make mention of is there's also uh all of a sudden we saw construction moving into yeah. the into the canyon now they weren't up here the first week but well it, we it, noticed they yeah. were staging well they had finished so so when i was up here scouting they were working and then when i got here they finished so so what they're doing is repaving right or re-asphalt or whatever um they had made there and finished the first pass so i thought Oh, good. We're okay. They're going to be done by the time season rolls in and out of here, and there's not going to be this extra, you know, road traffic. Or, or at a minimum, they aren't going to be actually in the canyon where they're stopping traffic, one lane road, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, because there was times. Again, we'll get to it later when they came back in and started. 
where we were trying to get to the other side of the canyon and you'd have to sit wait for the pilot car <laughs> and you're trying to hustle to get over to, to, to get on ramps so that was frustrating uh i don't i can't imagine one of the main consistent uh things that we heard from people who'd hunted is that if you get rams on the east side it's easier stalking You'll, and the rams, I mean, most they're always of the, there. They're always there. You'll here's kill, the honey hole. Kill, yeah. yeah, here's the honey holes. We had four or five waypoints of, you'll always find rams here. And we had yet to see a ram on the east side. We'd seen lambs and ewes, but not a ram. And so we were like, okay, is it this road construction? So we went home. This is, uh, you know, I had some business to take care of. You had uh, some th things you Business, needed to take yeah, care of. Yeah. And then we're, we're trying to make a plan to come back. And I think you were going to come back a couple days after me. So initially I was going to come back the same. So we, we talked about leaving. Right. Hey, we'll both come back out Sunday. I ended up getting delayed because of this whole shoulder deal. Let's let's explain <laughs> what happened. So this is one of the most unique things. Um, yeah, I, here you are shooting your bow all summer long, dialed in uh, like confident with your bow yeah and yeah. um yeah talk us through yeah that. so I, I i mean when i pulled this tag i mean i started i brought the bow out earlier than i usually do and i knew right and i even i went and um i connected with some guys in town that in in, in the started i did 3d i had never done that before shot 3d four or five times um took some took some lessons just to get everything dialed in and and really i changed changed a release you know i really wanted to be dialed in um you know this is a unique opportunity and you know put in the time and you know so fitness wise shoot my bow i mean all that stuff was dialed in and uh so yeah i i got home so i came out tuesday night late wednesday did i had to get stuff for work get caught up on work family um so wednesday thursday thursday i when i came out my i just kind of had something in like kind of my back and i would have called it more of like my my upper shoulder kind of in the trap area it was just tight and i thought you know okay we're sleeping on cots and the floor or whatever resting you know in the day or whatever i thought I, I just slept on it funny and whatever so i called a buddy of mine that's a chiropractor and uh he he adjusted whatever and got that knot out or whatever and i thought okay i'm good to go and so that was thursday um he did say hey i i kind of worked on it you know take it easy for a day so i didn't shoot my bow thursday or friday so Saturday morning, I go to shoot my bow, and and actually Saturday morning, getting kind of getting up in the day, I, um, it was probably Thursday or Friday. I went to go take like my laptop bag, you know, reaching across the console of the car to put it across for me in the seat, and and I thought, man, that's that's weird. That shoulder feels really weak. That was the first thing that gave any kind of clue as to something. And I thought, okay, well, maybe. And I, again, at the time, I just chalked it up to he'd worked on it, said it was sore, sore shoulder. And I thought, well, man, that's sore. So uh, ended up. Saturday morning, I think I got up. My wife asked me, like, hey, can you get a glass or something up high in the count or a cupboard? And I went to go reach for that. And I thought, man, I can't, I can't get my arm above my head. And so I ended up just doing my left hand and didn't, again, thought, man, that's just really sore or whatever. But it really didn't hurt. It was just kind of like, it's just weird. It, it felt weak, not hurt, like not painful. So anyway, long story short, I ended up over that weekend I called my buddy because it's Saturday. I call him. He meets me at his clinic um, after hours and he looks me over and he says, man, you got some sort of palsy, you know, he didn't at the time know what it was. And he's, he's, he was kind of a little stumped. He's looking it up. He's like, I've never, I've never seen this in a young, healthy, you know, 
you know, whatever, under 40. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. He's like, I haven't seen this exact thing, but he's like, but it's, it's characterizing itself as a, as some sort of palsy. He thought maybe like he said, there's something called like Saturday night, something where you, know, you sleep on your arm funny or whatever right. kind of fun, right. you know, and, right. and, and, and it kind of, so, yeah. So long, long story short, they, they, I really don't know what caused it still. Um, and we really don't know exactly, but the bottom line is, is I, uh, they believe that I have two different chiropractors, doctors I talked to, uh, some sort of nerve damage, um, that, that got caused between my C5, C6, that that connects the nerve fi that fires your deltoid and your bicep. So what ultimately was not working, my upper bicep and my deltoid wasn't working are just not working. And to, still today, my, I, my about 40% has come back on that right bicep, that upper bicep, but I have like nothing, like 5%. Um, and I can't, you know, as I sit here, I can't get, you know, more than, you know, 60 degrees out of that um, right arm before. So, so that delayed me. Uh, you know, I was planning on coming back Sunday and I'm like, and instead I, I got treatment Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I would, you, I texted you on the way in and you said, Hey, go see my buddy, buddy's wife, uh, partner, right. or whatever, you my, know, my, we figured my it thought out was maybe uh, dry, dry needling, needling, right? Because I've had some shoulder issues to reactivate really, those nerves yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I was willing to try anything. Right? right. I'm like, what the heck? I can't pull my bow back. And I don't know right. if I said that. I mean, so Saturday when I, I you know, this cup happened and I thought, okay, I'm going to go shoot. And I went to go pull my bow. So I'm pulling 70 pounds, you know, shooting somewhere between 20 to 40 arrows a day leading up to this. I hadn't shot my bow in since, since Monday or Tuesday in camp of, of the previous week. And it was fine then. It didn't have any issues. So, it, yeah, anyway, it, it was a heck of a thing. I'm, I'm sitting there just stumped and, and got two doctors that are stumped telling me that they don't know exactly what caused it, but that clearly the outcome is is I've got some nerve damage and so I went back and forth with, with my buddy. Um, I, I stayed in town. You guys came back out that Sunday and you can pick back up from your guys. Cause you guys had some action while I was out. I didn't come back in until I think Thursday, maybe Thursday I came in and what happened in between there. So I called my dad over the weekend and explained what's going on. Cause he had gone back Saturday, back to Indiana. So I called him and I explained to him what's going on. And my dad had injured his shoulder last year. So he had a crossbow that he hunted Wyoming with. Um, we hunted archery in Wyoming in 22. So I knew he had a crossbow. So I called him on Sunday, explain what's going on. And I said, hey, I'm gonna go in and talk to CPW first thing Monday morning. And I'm gonna see as a backup in case this thing won't refire. I'm gonna see if I can get a permit, right? Because they'll, they'll give an accommodation. Um, if it's if it's got you know severe limitation, you can apply for it for a crossbow. Right. Um, it's a doctor's release. It, it Basically is. Basically yeah, saying got, you cannot physically do this. Right. 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 And um, so I dropped that off Monday morning with CPW. And they, to, to share what the guy, whoever at the counter yeah, said. Yeah. And uh, and I, I don't want to disparage this guy in any way. He, they were they were ultimately very helpful. But I, I went in there thinking, man, this is middle of the season. Um, I wasn't looking for a special favor, but I kind of was, right? It's this is very unique circumstances. Like I didn't I premium didn't, tag, premium tag. I've got sixteen at this point. I had sixteen days left on this tag, and and uh, it this happened mid season. It wasn't like I had some injury and I was thinking about it, and I didn't do it on my end to you know get this in in time or whatever. So I walk it in, and and uh, really just hoping for some grace from them and said you know. So he he takes the application. I had my doctor's note. I had everything filled out. And I said hey. Uh, 
this is the deal. I'm, I'm 14 days into a Ram tag that took me 13 plus years to draw. And, uh, I, I wrecked my shoulder and I don't know what, I don't know. I you know, doctors can't even tell me what's going on right now. All I know is I can't draw my bow. And, and I, you know, and I said, is there any way to kind of get this expedited, looked at and, and you know, understanding right. the circumstances and, uh, <laughs> and then my heart sank because his immediate response was, well, we have, it can take up to 30 days. And I said, okay, I, I understand. I understand it can take 30 days. I said, I've got 16 days left on this tag. So I said, should, are you telling me I shouldn't even, I said, will it take 30 days? Should I not even turn this thing in? I mean, is this even worthwhile to do? And he said, well, I have to tell you it can take up to 30 days, but he said, I'm going to take some notes. I'm going to get it to the person. And I said, is, is there any way I can speak to this supervisor? He said, well, no, she's in my department. I'll, I'll make sure I walk it in there. And, and he assured me, he said, it's not just going to sit on somebody's desk and, and not be looked at. Um, so, so that was limbo really. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm walking out of there a little bit dejected thinking, cause I was, I was hoping somebody there would look at it and say, Hey, here's the circumstances. You know, I didn't expect to walk out of there with a permit that day, but I was hoping for a little bit more confidence in, right. in, 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 like I said, maybe a little more grace in the midst of the, the issue than they kind of would say, Hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll take a look at it. Give us, give us 48 hours and let us get back to you or something, you know, but they didn't make any promises. I understand their system. And he told me what he had to tell me per the books. And, um, and he was nice. about it, it. Yeah. He wasn't rude. No. Yeah. That's why I said, no, no, no disparaging comments towards him. I was just given the circumstances. It was just tough. Right. Yeah, to hear that. You, you know, you just want to hear somebody say, Hey, let me, let me take this in there right now and see yeah. if I can but you know what? By God's grace, you, uh, you 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 ended up actually knowing a person who knew somebody, and and you made a couple phone calls, which again is kudos to you because you didn't give up. And I, I couldn't. I mean, right. at, at that point, it was like I could either have sat down and said, "My season's over." I could start thinking as creatively as possible of how how in the world do I do I stay in the game right at this point? And uh, so I did two things. One, I, I've reached out. To everybody I knew kind of told him the situation and one of those buddies had a cousin that, that is with CPW and, and in the Denver offices and so he let him know and this guy doesn't even know me and he said hey I'll, I'll go walk over and follow up on it because this had been maybe 48 hours later and um, the other thing I did so that day that was Wednesday so uh, let me step back on Wednesday morning I went in and got a treatment on my arm nothing happened that you know magically that made it work um, I went to the bow shop in town oh yeah and i went and talked to those guys and uh you know one of the and guys you can shout out to tom Clum and the guys uh, at rocky just, mountain archery that's right that's right that's uh, rocky mountain, uh specialty, specialty gear, gear specialty gear, down yep. in uh off, Lake, of Kip, off of kipling yep in lakewood lakewood yep, yeah yep. god they, those guys are phenomenal they are so they were who i was getting dialed in right. with um one of their guys there that had been helping me um and i went shot 3d with them over the summer they, they do some 3d shoots as a, as a group there on thursday nights so yeah, they had really helped me get dialed in, and 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 so Tom's son Dan, one of the sons, you had told me this actually. Heck of a wrestler. Uh, yeah, you said you knew him from him wrestling, and, so we had talked about that. Him and his, his twin Tommy. Um, and uh, and so Dan has two bad shoulders, and I had heard this through mm -hmm. the grapevine. You know, he's hanging out with those guys that he he, he shoots. has to shoot a compound now because he can't he can't pull a. That's right, and I, and I understand it's like dialed down to like forty pounds because yeah. you know what he has to do for his shoulders. So I walk in. And, and Dan is there, thankfully. So I walk in and I go talk to him. And I, I walk up to him. I say, hey, I've got, I've got a little bit of a unique situation here. I, said, I can't move my shoulder here. And I said, I'm, I know, I, you know, you've 
you've dealt with some of this or shoulder injuries before in the past. So I was talking to the right guy and right set of guys. So anyway, I, I said, can you, I had looked it up the night before 35 pounds is what you need minimum legal draw weight, um, for a compound or for a bow period in Colorado. And I said, I'm at, I was at 70. I said, I don't think I can get my bow down to 35, but can you adjust some bow in here down to 35 and just let's see if I can draw it. So Dan went to work, you know, five minutes later, he comes out here and he says, Hey, try to try to draw this thing back so i go to draw that thing back and i you know i can draw the 35 but i the combination of drawing it, i had to kind of draw it, and he said you know try to do it real tight right like you know and um i know you guys can't see this but you know tight to your chest try to just kind of push hold pull. it push pull exactly push, push, push with that left hand and, and just pull. hold tight mm -hmm. with that you know right mm -hmm. and i did that and i could get 35 pounds of pull but then when as i tried to lift to anchor couldn't i anchor. couldn't i couldn't i can't still today i can't get my He's he's for those of you guys. He's coming up with his his right hand, which is his anchor hand, trying to get those and two he knuckles. Cannot get that his pointer. knuckles to yep. his chin because his shoulder won't raise. Yep, that deltoid won't yep. fire, and so it, it so it almost looks like I got this little like you know chicken wing down here right. that I can't get up behind me right where it needs to be to be pulling back, right. and uh, couldn't couldn't anchor it. And he and Dan just stopped me. He just said, "Man, you're gonna you're gonna tear your tendon apart on your elbow if you keep trying that." He's like, "That is not the answer." Um, so I was, I walked out of there. The well, only thing he said was, he yeah, said, let's, hey. yeah, let's, t let's, let's tell the truth there. He's like, okay, let's maybe do the old mouth tap. That's what he said. He said, the only other option I can give you is, is he said, we do have a couple people. He said, we, you know, we put in some volunteer time and one of the other guys that was in there that had been helping with some of their volunteer work that they do, I think with Craig hospital or something like that with guys that, you know, have limitations or disability there. And he said, um, yeah, a couple of those guys said, yeah, well, you know, we actually reached out because Remy Warren had this issue. I think I think he ended up slicing some tendons or something, mm -hmm. right? And he had got it dialed in to where you, you basically put, and, I, and that these guys started explaining it. So one of the guys had reached out to Remy and said, yeah, we talked to him. We know exactly what he did. You know, they, they took a piece of either um, nylon or leather, and, and he they knew two guys that had done it. And they said, you know, just was really a matter of choice. And, and basically... Um, attach, take that whole boat, you know, put it in a press, take that string out, uh, sew, sew that nylon around the string or sew that leather around the string so that it's, it's just basically, and then clamp onto that thing with your teeth. And like you said, that same push pull, right? You're, you're, you're dialed in, you're biting down hard and then you're pushing away with that left hand and you just basically, you don't have any anchor at that point, right? Cause you're not using two hands. The right hand's completely out if you're doing it, you know, right. pushing with your left. And you're just dialed in with one, you know, with the peep is still there, but there's no anchor and you're pulling back with your teeth. And so I, so that, that's what I, they said, you know what, look into it. We're willing to do it. It'll take us a day to get it dialed in a full day. We're willing to help you with it. If that's what she comes down to, but they said, but give it some time. So I walk out of there Wednesday noon, let's call it. And I walk out there. I call my wife. Still, let me, let me, let me, let me stop for a second. Your wife. As a dental hygienist. That's right. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I called my wife, and uh, and exactly, dental hygienist wife, and say, um, here here's here's what happened. Nothing nothing worked with the chiropractor this morning. The needle and you know, it didn't help. Um, I went to the I went to the archery shop. I can pull back a thirty five pound bow, but if I do that, I'm going to tear my elbow apart, and I can't get an anchor. So that's out. There is another option, honey, but it's uh, it involves me biting onto a piece of leather strap or nylon strap and pulling my bow back, at which point she was like, there's no way in this world 
that I'm going to let you do that. She's like, that's $20,000 worth of veneers. And she's like, no tag in this world is worth that. Like no animal. She's like, it is a hunting tag. She's like, what are you even thinking about thinking about doing that? <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, so that was off the table to say the least with the, the, the dental hygienist wife. And, and, and honestly, I mean, stepping back, I know Remy did it. I know others have done it and, and it, you know, there's circumstances. Um, honestly, it, it just processing it here today, even if I could have gotten that dialed in, I mean, the limitation on that and, and trying to be able in, in a, I had 15 days, 14 days left at this point, right? Trying to be able to practice enough to do that animal justice in right. that kind of situation in that amount of time, it, probably not realistic. If you realistic. had all summer, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, yeah. I think let's do this. We are going to drop a cliffhanger. Let's take a break. We'll come back with part two of this because I think we're going to get back into what happened, how you figured this out, and the rest of the hunt. And um, so for you guys listening, thanks for listening. Don't go away. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get the next podcast because this will be the conclusion. Uh, but do does Eric figure out a way to keep hunting? Do they ever find a ram again, ever again, ever again? And Do rams exist on the do, east side? Do rams ex ever exist on the east side? Okay, thanks dun, for listening. Dun, God dun. bless. <laughs>